Time for us to check in with Vaughn Palmer for the Vancouver Sun. Good morning, Vaughn. And good morning, Simi. Okay, let's talk about missing middle housing. It's, it sounds great, but it seems yeah. like it's harder to execute. Yeah. So Victoria, the first municipality in British Columbia to adopt one of these missing middle housing proposals. And the idea is that you change your zoning and approvals to allow the construction of more units on what was formerly a single family home lot. And the idea was you'd get four units, in some cases, six units. Uh, City council, the previous city council in Victoria spent two years putting this in place. They did so with the support and encouragement of David Eby, who was then housing minister. Uh, They went into a civic election last fall and the council said, let's wait and see what the new council wants to do with it because there was a big turnover. But the new council approved missing middle in January of this year. So we are first here in Victoria. The model, the one admired by David Eby, he was so happy with Victoria, he appointed the outgoing Victoria mayor, Lisa Helps, as his housing advisor. So here we are, four months into it. How's it going? Not well. There have been no takers. Uh, it, it's really, it surprises me. I thought this really was going to be the move to, well, the in the long run, the end of uh, single-family neighborhoods, the arrival of houses, buildings with a lot more units on them, including in my neighborhood in Victoria. So I was expecting change. Uh, Simi, what's happened? <laughs> yeah, I guess like what is, what is the problem? Is it developers uh, yeah. aren't doing this or what, no. what's going on? You know, I, I suppose I should have been more cynical. You, you know, you can't be too cynical. It turns out that Victoria City attached so many conditions to these projects that the developers are looking at them and going, nah. They're calling it poison pill requirements. So cities do this. They say you could build on the lot, but then they say uh, setbacks. So you can't build right up to the borderline of the lot. Okay. Uh, Then they say, Uh, front yard setbacks. And then they say footprint. So they limit what you can build on the site to the point that developers go, I I can't Can't fit anything. Four units there. I can't make it work. And there are provisions to protect the character of the neighborhood. Well, the character of the neighborhood, my neighborhood, for example, is a single family neighborhood where some people have put in what were once illegal basement suites and are now legal. So that's the character of the neighborhood. Well, if you're going to suddenly have, you know, four, two, four, six unit developments on the site, that is going to change the character of the neighborhood. But Simi, that's the whole idea of the missing middle. You're trying to create more housing to make more housing available for the middle class, the people who can't afford to buy a big house or build a McMansion. You know, you make a good point there with the basement suites. Like, do you remember how controversial those were? People were up in arms about basement suites and people renting these out and building them illegally. And guess what? The world did not end when we legalized those. My neighborhood, uh, the building inspectors used to descend on you and make you sign an undertaking that you would never, ever, ever in your lifetime turn the expanded space in your house into a basement suite. Now they want you to build one, right? So, you know, it, it happens. But this poison pill thing, Sammy, is 
insidious. And it's interesting. My colleague, Katie DeRosa, did a good piece in the Post Media on the weekend on how badly it's going here in Victoria. And she talked to the housing minister, Ravi Kailan, and he said, yes, we're aware of it and we're concerned. That matters because remember this fall, the new Democrats are going to be bringing in legislation to essentially legalize missing middle housing all over the province. They've named 47 municipalities as needing to do more to build housing. Unless they bring in legislation that prevents this kind of poison pill thing, where the municipality pretends to support missing middle housing, but puts in the place so many barriers that nobody will do it, uh, this is going to become one of these things where the government says it's going to do something and it ain't, nothing ends up happening. I mean, Victoria was originally going to be the model for how to do this. It's now become the model for how not to do this. And also Vancouver's considering the same thing. Like yep. This is part of their discussions that they've been having. Yeah, it is. And I mean, we know where this comes from. The government's own studies on this identified it. The problem is NIMBY. The local community wants to preserve, the people who already own houses want to preserve the character of their neighborhood, and they don't want bigger developments and stuff crowding into the front yard and all that, and parking. They don't want it, right? And councils are elected by people who live there, not by the people who might live there. So the whole idea of a provincial policy, Simi, to to fight these forces of NIMBY was the province is going to come in and impose it so that the local councils don't have any choice. They have to go ahead and approve this stuff. That was the concept. But clearly, uh, as I said, Victoria is the example. You're going to have to do more than just say do it. You're going to have to have regulations that limit what councils can do to stop it. So we're headed into, I think, a real power struggle between the provincial government wanting more missing middle housing and municipalities saying, yeah, yeah, we support the idea, but we're going to put as many barriers in the way as we possibly can to make sure it doesn't actually happen. You know, in Vancouver, like with the duplex thing was a big deal, but it, all I see now are duplexes being built on what were once single family lots and they're going like crazy. Yeah. Whereas uh, Katie, my colleague, uh, found a couple of examples in Victoria where there's a lot sitting there that would be ideal for four to six units. Nothing is happening. No developer is coming in and saying, here's my plan, because you, you don't want to spend the amount of money it takes to develop a design for a site and go through the approval process only to find that at the end of the day, uh, the city planners turn it down, Simi, because it doesn't fit the character of the neighborhood. Just one final question on that whole housing stuff. Do you get the sense, though, that this is something that the provincial government is going to do more on? Yes, I do. I think the fact that, uh, you know, Ravi Callan was talked to our reporter, uh, Katie DeRosa, on the weekend and said, yeah, we know what's happening in Victoria and we're concerned that other municipalities will try the same thing. So the province is aware of it, and we are promised provincial legislation when the legislature sits uh, in October. And I think you are going to see tougher regulation to make sure that local governments don't 
approve the idea of missing middle housing in principle and then attach so many poison pills to it that nobody will actually build the stuff. So I do think that's where we're headed. I think the story certainly put the issue on the radar screen, but the New Democrats are aware of this. And I think you're going to see tougher legislation on this in the fall. Uh, Union of BC Municipalities Convention in September I expect the government will be sending out the message to local governments then and say, look, we are serious about this. And Simi, they have to be serious about this. They promised housing affordability. Unless you can increase the housing supply dramatically in cities where people already live, uh, you're not going to make any progress on affordability. And builders will build it. If they think they can sell it, they will build it. Oh, you bet they will. Yeah, no, that's true. But like they, you, you've got to make the economics work or the units will be unaffordable. I mean, EB is the one who pointed this out. He said the way the system works now, it's easy to tear down an existing house and build a McMansion. It's easier to do that than to tear down an existing house and build a duplex. The regulations are tougher. And he says, we have to flip that around and stop encouraging people to build bigger and bigger houses and move the incentives to encourage the construction of more units on the same lot. Exactly. Okay, so more to come on housing, but we're also going to talk a little bit about the Order of BC recipients announced yesterday morning. I wonder if Ryan Reynolds is actually going to show up. <laughs> is he going to show up in his Deadpool outfit? That's what oh, I want to know. That would be so good. I've, I've been checking his Twitter feed or his X feed this morning. Uh, as you know, he can be very, very funny himself. Uh, he's talking uh, English football uh, so far. So, uh, But I expect he'll weigh in. I hope he shows up. He's a good British Columbian and... Uh, and funny as heck. So uh, that's one. There's a couple of others on the list that I was <clears throat> happy to see there. Dr. Penny Ballum, uh, you know, she's a deputy health minister under the Liberals. She was city manager uh, in Vancouver. She was uh, brought in as our sort of vaccination czar uh, during the pandemic. Uh, she's been around a long time. I think she's well earned it. And my old days on the music beat, Simi. Delighted to see the name of Sam Feldman, yes, longtime manager of bands, uh, busy in the movie industry as well, and just a great guy. And a nice interview with him in the paper today saying he's honored by this. So Order of BC is a, one of those really nice provincial institutions. It has occasionally gotten mixed up with politics uh, over the years. But for the most part, the recipients are people that are major in sports, the arts community, business, charity, philanthropy. Once in a while, you get a politician in there, but usually it's long after they've left office. Right. And this is something, I mean, when you talk about it being involved in politics, it's because it's a committee of a lot of them former recipients who who select these people. Yeah. So as the Chief Justice of British Columbia, uh, the Speaker of the Legislature, Uh, the head of one of the universities, and they also have two former recipients on it. So, yeah, the most controversial naming politically, I would say, was they gave it to Gordon Campbell right after he stepped down as premier. Right. And there was a general feeling that, hey, you know, let the, the bad feelings and the good feelings about his time in office fade and just pick him later. And that's what they did with Bill Bennett when he was premier. They waited hmm, almost 20 years 
uh, after he left office. And Dave Barrett. Uh, <laughs> Dave Barrett only got it in the last 10 years. Yeah. Well, they were so, frankly, the panel, I think, was so embarrassed by the Gordon Campbell going too soon that they gave it to Dave Barrett the next year. So Barrett had been long gone from office at that point. So, you know, once in a while, a former politician, I think it's a good idea. And, you know, we all have little lists in our head. Uh, There was an interesting exchange on Twitter yesterday, and I didn't catch the name, but somebody said, uh, great to see so-and-so win, but why hasn't so-and-so won one of these days? They named somebody else. And somebody immediately tweeted, hey, have you nominated them? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Order of BC has a website. It it's open all year. It tells you how to nominate, and you can't nominate yourself, by the way, which is a good thing. Uh, <laughs> and you have to have yeah. testimonials from other people. But it's a good process, and uh, you know, I think if people think there's somebody out there that they think deserve it, well, start thinking about what you'd put in the nomination. And Simi, you can lose the Order of BC. You can be terminated. Not if very the often. Advi- the advisory board says if you've criminal or brought the award into ill repute, you can get stripped of it. The most recent one that uh, I think people knew about it at the time in 2020, David Sidhu, business leader, he gotten in for his philanthropy. He was taken out because he pleaded guilty in the college admission scandal in the United States and ended up going to jail, I think, for three months. Yep, so it can happen. All right, well, I guess we'll wait to see. I'm sure there'll be lots of buzz in Victoria if Ryan Reynolds does show up. Vaughn might actually show up for that ceremony. <laughs> You're right. I might I might show up to see Sam, too, because he's a great guy. That's true. All right, thank you for that, Vaughn. Bye-bye.